Hey guys, welcome back to The Breakdown. Uh, I'm here with the wonderful Joe Radanis, right? Uh, and, we're, and we're here to understand more about him, right? We want to be able to uh, share his philosophy, his outlook on fitness, why he wants his voice out here in your ear, because uh, that's what, uh, that's maybe just what he wants to do. But we're going to get to learn a little more about Joe here. Joe is one of our amazing coaches over here at Tone House. Um, he is someone that I first met actually coming in, um, into Tone House and, uh, I, he, his, his, his outlook on things was something that I was impressed with right away. Um, I think just from his personal philosophy, how he takes care of himself, but also how he approaches, I think, taking care of any of his, uh, personal clients, but then even takes care of the people that are over here at Tone House within a class. You're, you're a very motivating individual. Uh, I love your story. Um, I, you know, I think that we've gotten deep into some of your, some of the, some of the parts um, about you that some people might not know, and it's just, it's been incredibly fascinating. But we, I think, we want to bring some of that to some of these listeners out here, uh, so that they can understand um, what it is and uh, what uh, what fitness means to you. But Joe, why don't we, why don't we start off with what what is it about fitness? Uh, that really grabbed a hold of you and said, I, I definitely want to be doing this. Where, where did this come from? Yeah. Well, uh, thank you by the way yeah, for, for your kind words. Um, you know, fitness to me has, uh, always been very apparent in my life. I played athletics as a kid from a very young age. I, my mom even tells me and she says that I, you know, I had a red ball in my hands even when I was like two years old, I always had something going on with physical activity. So looking back, I played baseball a lot as a kid and, um, this fascination, which is exercise and training grew throughout my life. So, um, I didn't know that it was going to become a profession. However, it was just something that I was incredibly interested in for myself. And, um, like I said, I played sports all the way through high school. Um, I did intramurals in college, got more and more into weightlifting for myself. But, um, I mean, I studied finance and did sales for a long time. That was the beginning of my professional career for, um, the better part of a decade in my twenties. And, uh, I was just learning more about exercise for myself and, that relationship just kind of grew over time. But it's funny looking back because I mean, I, I can look back now and even say that when I was around 13 years old, I asked for a bench press when I was a kid, uh, for a present. And my parents gave me that in, <laughs> Which in my isn't, living isn't room. a usual thing, right? No, I didn't know no, it was not usual at all, but I guess I really wanted to be strong then too. <laughs> <laughs> was there anyone at that point that maybe, um, and just cause I know some stuff about you at this point, but, um, anyone that you were idolizing at this point within fitness that you were just trying to maybe emulate in some way? You know, when I was maybe in middle school entering high school, it was actually my cousin. Um, my cousin, a few years older than me was a wrestler in high school and was big into weightlifting. So I saw him and I would emulate him. I, I thought, all right, I want to get into training and exercise. I just want to get bigger. Um, I do remember that I wanted to pack on size and I was so small. I was a really small kid actually. Mm. Um, all the way through high school, I was only about five foot five, maybe weighed 125 pounds. Wow. Very small. Yeah. Um, I did not hit a growth spurt until senior year. So I remember even in middle school, I would see my cousin. I'd be like, how can I, how can I get bigger? How can I grow, you know, back muscles? I was very, I was like a string bean. 
Um, and I was just getting passed up by these kids, uh, in athletics because I didn't have any size on them anymore, you know, as, as uh, puberty hit and I, it didn't hit for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's who I looked up to, um, when I was young. Okay, great. Yeah. And were you, were you kind of aware of the, of the industry at this point? So the industry of kind of like being someone who would help someone else out, uh, did your cousin end up giving you really good advice and you're like, Oh man, that that's really good. I want to help someone out that way. Honestly, no, I, I, I was just watching and observing, right. Um, he was just lifting part of the, as part of the wrestling team. And, um, I didn't know anything about weightlifting or performance training whatsoever. We weren't educated on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, my dad, we, we would practice, right. I would have baseball practice, yeah. football practice, but nobody ever explained philosophy of performance training and what weightlifting would actually do for you. I, I never remember somebody talking about, here's what a program can do. Here's why we're doing what we're doing. It was just, we're doing practices and we're going to run around these cones or do sprints. And you don't know why you're just like going fast. And, and someone's telling you, you're an impressionable kid. You're like, yeah, I guess I'll do that. I guess I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. You don't realize like, oh, if I do this so often, I'm going to get faster and better at these things. And this is why I should weight lift like this. Like there's no education. Um, I didn't even really lift in high school that much. I was, uh, maybe doing some casual lifting clearly didn't know what I was doing, but it wasn't until my senior year of high school, um, or I should say entering senior year of high school that we got a new baseball coach and he was a big believer of training in the weight room during the off season. So he was the first one that actually put together some type of a program where we had off season training that did include conditioning and, uh, it rocked my world. I, I, it shook me up. I was like terrible at it. Uh, I was like, man, conditioning, I'm, <laughs> I have a lot of work to do, but I also put on a lot of size that summer. We started weightlifting and that was the first time that I actually saw some really noticeable, um, uh, uh, gains as you would call it. Hey, yeah. With the Z, right. With a Z. Um, uh, and, uh, so that's you're now seeing the benefit of it, right. Personally. Um, you know, instead of maybe struggling through it, you're like, okay, yep. This is working for me. Yep. Um, and so that was kind of your first, uh, foray into like understanding maybe what fitness is, what it can do for you. Right. Yeah. No doubt. Um, what about, I know you kind of mentioned, uh, your family just a little bit there, but, um, kind of where you are coming from, maybe like where you're, uh, telling more about Joe, your upbringing, uh, with your family. I know you're close with your brother as well. Yeah. Very close with my brother. Um, that is my best friend. We talk on a daily basis. We're only about two years apart. Um, so my, I had a pretty traditional upbringing. I would say my mom and dad were very close, had great parents, um, really close knit family, um, very close to my grandfather as well. And my dad was my baseball coach, uh, and even football coach for, for some time. So I was involved in athletics, uh, from a young, a young age. I was always fairly athletic. I loved sports. I loved activity. Um, and, and I was good at it. I played travel baseball. We went to state championships when I was a kid, um, traveled around the country, um, I was, uh, pretty good at football at a young age too. played running back and wide receiver, uh, loved it. And, um, so I was always fascinated by it and it brought our family very close. They always went to go see my games. My dad even changed. My dad started a construction company so that he could actually control his schedule and be the coach at my games. That's amazing. That's great. That's how yeah. great of a father this man was. He was like, I want to have control and autonomy on my schedule. So, um, I'm sure there were other reasons too, but he starts his <laughs> business, right? And, uh, he, he does this. So, um, my brother always came to the games too, and, uh, played a little bit with him, uh, as well. But yeah, we had a, we had a great upbringing. I, um, couldn't have asked for really a better 
childhood. That's amazing. And yeah. do you think your brother had the same outlook on, on fitness as you did? Uh, two years apart, you maybe would assume maybe the same kind of coaches that he would kind of go through, same kind of sports experiences. Um, or do you think there's kind of this innate kind of part of Joe that wanted to go more into fitness? Um, more so than maybe your brother. Honestly, I think it was somewhat similar. Um, his athletic ability was a little bit different. He wasn't a natural athlete. He just had like a really great work ethic. He had a lot of tenacity about him. Mm-hmm. So I had more like athleticism, right? Um, uh, things came natural to me as far as like certain movements, let's say. Um, but Chris had a really serious grit. So um, he got into wrestling. Uh, he, like he tried baseball as, as a kid. Like we played on the same team, but it wasn't a natural sport to him. Um, so he did wrestling in high school and he, he gets very focused and locked in. So from freshman year, he got on the senior on the varsity team, uh, by the end of his senior year or at the end of his freshman year. Yeah. It sounds like more as than a wrestler, tenacity. yeah, that's, that's he, he just doesn't give up, doesn't quit. So what's funny is I was considered the quote unquote athlete in my family, right? I'm like yeah. the dude doing baseball, football, all these things and all the way through high school and my senior year, I actually joined, uh, it's a funny story. I joined the cheerleading team <laughs> at our high school. You can totally see this actually. Yeah. yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, there's a story behind that, but I joined as a favor. Uh, the coach of the cheerleading team is my business teacher. Right. And he's like, I just need a favor. Would you, would you step in? for just one meet and I'm like dude it's baseball season but I'm like all right I'll do it for you it's cool my brother ends up doing the same thing so you fast forward we end up going to we end up going to nationals as this cheerleading team yeah and I'm like baseball didn't happen for me but fucking (laughs) cheerleading I go to Myrtle Beach South Carolina and my brother uh I, I look I graduate right we had a good time but I graduate I go to college my brother continues he ends up getting uh he, he takes it all the way to his senior year in cheerleading and he walks on to the University of Kentucky gets a full Seriously. ride scholarship yeah uh so he's the NCAA athlete and Joe Rodonis over here is just sitting at Indiana University studying finance and I'm like god damn it that is an amazing story. <laughs> that really is. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. Um, so so fitness wasn't something that you kind of like, it wasn't uh, something you're going to go into right away. It wasn't like a plan for you at all. Um, where 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 did you start your professional career um, if it wasn't fitness? Yeah, dude, I didn't think you could like make money doing this. I didn't think that it was actually a serious career. I really had the mindset that you, that it was like lawyer, doctor, banker, right? Like the very... Those were professions. Yeah. Um, the fun things, I didn't think that you actually pursued. Uh, I didn't have like any artists in my family or creatives really, um, or, or people that were aggressively pursuing those paths, right? It always seemed very traditional. So I, I took the finance route. Um, I studied finance at Indiana University and a phenomenal business school there. Yeah. So um, I did study, it, it, looking back, it just wasn't a natural kind of fit for me. I really worked hard to learn the subject, right? Mm-hmm. Very glad that I learn it now, right? I, you know, it helps you with investments and your own personal finances, and I love that, but uh, certainly not a natural fit. Just something that I thought I was supposed to do and graduated with that degree, got a job in healthcare immediately after college and uh, did not plan for that either. It was mm-hmm. 2008, mm-hmm. we know that that was a terrible time Right, the economy is not doing so great, and especially within banking, you're you haven't you slim pickings for yeah. a job. I had friends getting laid off before they even stepped a foot in the door on their first day. Oh, they gosh. would get offers, yeah, right at like Bear Stearns, and, oh. and then it'd be like, hey, 
sorry, we got, we're no longer a company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That's, I that's pretty demoralizing. Got laid off and I didn't even start. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, so you basically started in, uh, you started in healthcare. I did, yeah. Started yeah. with a very large international healthcare company. Yeah, went one within financing and then moved over to a different area. Yeah, so I, I was with the same company for ten years. They were they were very large, Fortune mm-hmm. twenty, and I started in financial planning and analysis, and I was just looking at spreadsheets and balancing. Um, basically the PL, looking at the PL, doing general ledger statements for um, uh, for our medical segment. So. I got to oversee all of that. It was uh, pretty interesting. I was into it at the time. It is actually pretty fascinating to see how that large of a company works in that way. Um, but it was a lot of, you know, cubicle time and time in front of the computer, a lot of spreadsheets and um, working on different analysis and stuff like that. Yeah. And would you say that you weren't feeling fulfilled at that point? Yeah, no. I Well, I was more um, interested in just advancing my career. So I thought it was what you had to do to advance yourself. Sure. Um, it wasn't something that I loved, but I loved the people. I was one of those guys that went around the office and would just get to know everybody and like, hey, guys, can we work on this? How you doing? I was always very inquisitive. Uh, yeah. How did you get there? I would go to the VP's, you know, office and be like, can I spend some time with you? Like, you know, what, what's some career advice you have? How did you get here? Yeah. What, what books are you reading? Sure. Right. What do I need to do to set myself up? I was always thinking ahead, like, what can I do now to help me out 10 years from now? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it's amazing. At, 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 at that age, I think that a lot of people aren't really uh, that proactive about their um, their career, they're afraid to ask questions. So I think that that's definitely uh, a really good thing. But I also feel like, you know, was that really for you, right? Uh, knowing you as a very, very people person, right? The, the not, finance route? Knowing, yeah, was it something where you don't have a lot of people around you? It sounds like it wasn't a, a fit that way. And then, no. um, you know, knowing that that was kind of coming out of you, um, you know, you wanted to maybe explore that, then maybe what was happening after that? Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 a natural progression was, well, within the company, I was like, well, I should do sales then. Okay. Right. It was yeah. kind of a sexy job. I thought, you know, maybe that was what it was going to be. So yeah. I was just networking within the company to try to get within sales. You know, it seems really cool. I mean, there's, <laughs> I, I, I sat down with this one dude, uh, that was in sales for lunch just to pick his brain once. And we got on the conversation of salary and stuff. And I was like, I don't even know what the ranges are. Like, how's it differ? And say I'm making, you know, 55, 60,000 a year is like an analyst, right? You're just very entry level at the time. He was like, oh man, he's like, our base is like, you know, 90,000. 90, then we're getting like all these bonuses, you know? And he made it seem like you're not doing any work. You're just like going out in your car and your suit and you're having these great appointments with doctors and yeah. surgeons and you know, you're entertaining for lunches and dinners. And I'm like, dude, that sounds amazing. And you get a car. I'm like, come on, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta make this happen. So, uh, this finance stuff, leave this behind. Yeah. Just leave it, man. Uh, there was some appeal to it for sure. So, uh, I thought it was going to be more of a fit. I, I did like to present, you know, and uh, problem solve in that way. Um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a natural gravitation. Plus, at at the time, honestly, I wanted to get to warmer weather as well. A lot mm. of a lot of it was location based. Yeah, I got to a point where I was trying to change my lifestyle. Where were you at this point? I was in Columbus, Ohio now. Yeah, so I didn't really enjoy it there. Um, you know, nothing against Columbus, but I, not for me. So I, I was like, <laughs> just I, the weather, the weather, just, yeah, right, the weather. weather. I, um, needed to get, and I also don't like how they say the Ohio state, like, the, like it's the, the, I don't know if we need it. No, I it's don't know. Ohio, just yeah. say Ohio state. Yeah. 
Um, I don't say the, anyways, uh, that was my thing with Joe Rodin. (laughs) That was my thing with him. I wanted to get down to warmer weather. Um, I was playing softball, uh, in Columbus, Ohio. I was on this company softball team Yeah, and I was playing, uh, alongside in the outfield with the senior vice president of nuclear medicine and I didn't even know it. Right. So a few months go by and I'm just throwing it out into the universe. Hey, I want to get into sales. I'm looking at this, you know, warmer weather, climates, et cetera, within the company. He's like, oh, he's like, well, we have an opening in Charlotte, North Carolina for nuclear medicine. And I was like, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified. <laughs> that sounds way out there. I studied financer and he's like, no, like apply, go for it. You know? And I went for it and long story short, got the, got the job. Nice. Warmer weather ahead. Warmer weather ahead. That's amazing. So, yeah. uh, so within healthcare, right, you're not really in fitness at this point. Um, and no. uh, do you, at any point, uh, were you thinking that fitness was going to be a route? Were you into fitness still at this point? Um, was yeah. it part of your life? Yeah, it was, it was always a part of my life. I was training on, you know, on a regular basis. I just still didn't know what I was doing. I was yeah. like, I was looking at. I was looking at stuff like men's health or men's fitness magazine or things online and just like creating my own plans. But it was looking back, I I didn't know what I was doing. I was just lifting, right. Or going for runs and trying to stay in shape. But it was, uh, definitely nothing that I was very, very interested in it for sure. I had more of a liking to it than, uh, than most, but, um, like I would lift during lunch breaks and make sure that I had, uh, that done every day. I was always, um, very disciplined with it. I sure. loved it, but it, yeah, I didn't think I was going to pursue it in any professional setting. Okay. So, yeah. so when, when did this come about though? So right now you're in Charlotte. Um, I think some other stuff, uh, in terms of travel and life, uh, some exciting stuff was coming up at that point, right? Yeah. Stuff started to change. I, um, I got, for some reason, I, I don't even know why I just got more fascinated with like the relationship with food, my energy levels, and then how I could see physical change with my body. I just started to get more curious about it. So I, I wanted to take it more seriously and just be like, all right, what if I dialed into a plan to see what this would feel like? So I actually tried uh, insanity asylum. That was like the first, oh, yeah, yeah. right. That was like the first program that I tried. Um, where I went a hundred percent and I was like, look, I'm going to take their advice for better or worse and I'm going to lock it down. And if there's one thing that I would say that I am, it's disciplined where mm-hmm. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm all in. So I looked at their meal plan. They recommended, I followed it to a T for an entire month. I did the same thing with their training and I did see, I did see results. I saw changes in my body and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, I didn't know that you could do that. Uh, I didn't know that you could have that much of an influence over, over your, um, over your body. And then my conditioning levels were going up. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I, I just got more obsessed with it. So that began a path of asking questions of how does my food affect my mood? How does it improve my sleep? How does it change how I train in the gym? Um, because when I started to experiment, I would then notice after when, once I went through that program, I would go train in the gym and then say I would go out for a weekend, go drink, go eat, have fun with friends, go back into the gym on Monday, felt like garbage. And I went through that cycle for months and I started to look at it. I'm like, I'm literally taking one step forward, two steps back every single week. Right. So I'm never continuously progressing. I'm like, I'm shooting myself in the foot with these habits that I have over the weekend. Uh, so I just started to take stock with it and those questions led to more and more interest, 
um, where I started to get more serious with this, where I was studying um, different documentaries that I would listen to um, or even books that I would read about nutrition and led to self-development books that I would read. I just got very curious. Yeah, I think that's, and so this, this sounds like the second uh, point in your life where fitness has really kind of uh, shown itself to you a little bit, right? Yeah. One, in, one in high school. And then now, um, if, if we were to talk about your personal philosophy, not to fast forward and skip over anything else in your life right now, but I think where you're getting to is I think that your philosophy around fitness, um, and you know, I would even argue nutrition, I think maybe this is where it started to come from a little bit. I know that you're a very philosophical um, guy, I know you read a lot of philosophy, yeah. um, and uh, this this sounds like a point where maybe you started to develop maybe um, who you are today. I think this is kind of that that point, or at least what it sounds like in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is a good time to maybe ask, like, what is your personal philosophy with nutrition? If this is that moment where you finally are starting to realize things, uh, what what is Joe's philosophy with nutrition? It's, I'm sorry, with fitness. It uh, with both. It's freedom. Yeah. Um, so I've gone the path so I, I can compare and contrast because I did go the way where I was counting macros, right. Mm -hmm. And being so tight that I know what it feels like to go to dinner or with client meetings and saying, no, I'm not going to have that steak. No, I'm not going to have the wine. I'm going to have the salad tonight. And then Mm -hmm. you get that weird vibe, right. Or, um, uh, or you feel like you're missing out on something like, no, I'm not going to go out with you guys tonight. I'm not going to drink, et cetera. And you feel like you're missing out. Um, I didn't like that. It just felt super restrictive. So I've been on the unhealthy approach, if you will. Yeah. Um, I definitely lived that. I felt the frustration of that. Um, even with the gym where like I didn't go or I didn't train as hard as I should. So I felt guilty about it. Like I know what that feels like, right? It's not fun. And so my philosophy with it now is just simply about empowerment. Like I developed a very, um, healthy relationship with fitness where it became like an outlet for me. It became a place where I could release any type of emotion, whether it be anger, aggression, frustration, um, or even just happy times, right? Where you're just feeling so good. That became the place where I would channel this energy into something very productive and healthy for myself. So it was a much broader thing than just, uh, looking good. It was about feeling amazing, right? Taking care of yourself and becoming the best version of yourself. The, life started to throw me a lot of curveballs as it does for all of us, right? There's a ton of variables that hit us on a daily basis that we cannot control, right? You're, you're getting demands at your job. Um, family things come up, you know, health things come up, whether with you or within the family. But the one thing that I could have influence on was my training. It just felt like this was an area I can impact and I can do it in a very healthy, productive way. So when I work with people now, that's really what it's about. Um, training and nutrition is so personal to me, right? Like my goals are my goals. How I look at it is how I look at it. It's not going to be the way that you do, right? So my my thing is I just want to help you use it how you need to use it, right? I'm not going to inflict my beliefs or my approach onto you. It's more helping you feel empowered uh, to pursue it how you need to. That makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like not taking any kind of cookie cutter approach, right? Like it's not where like, hey, just download this type of workout plan and get at it, right? You really want to make sure that, um, uh, you know, you've said this to me before. I've asked you these kind of questions. If if I'm feeling this way, um, you know, should I change things up? And I think that 
you know, within, within, within a training regimen or something, you're like, yeah, you, you have to keep yourself interested. You have to make sure that you're giving your body that change that it really yeah. wants to see. Um, and I think that you're very much like, it's not a, just take a rest. No, switch things up. Like make sure that you're going to get your mind involved, take care of your mind, not just your body. Right. You just have to have a, <clears throat> an intuitive approach with training. And I always ask clients why we're doing what we're doing. Like, why do you want this? Right. I, I don't, I don't know if people really ask themselves, there's, there's a lot, I'm trying to flip the script here where a lot of people train or exercise, which there's a difference uh, because they have to, they think I should be doing this three, four or five days a week. It's an obligation. I don't have the time to do this. It's like, and they go to the gym and they're just doing, doing the same routine over and over and over and it's bland and it's boring. And I feel like they miss the point entirely. Like this, if you do it right, I feel like makes you a better person, gives you self-confidence because when you're in the gym and you're doing this right, whatever your reasons are, they can be anything from I'm a dad and I want to have energy to play with my kids, right? I'm a CEO and I have a lot of like just frustration that I need to let loose from the day, right? You have a lot of pressures at work or I'm training for an event and I want to be an absolute savage and tear it up. It doesn't matter what the goals are. You just anchor yourself to those things to that outcome that you kind of want, right? And it's gotta be real and of substance. Then you can go in and train and you learn to break down these mental barriers, like this self-talk that you have. This is what I love about the gym. It reveals self-talk, right? So when I'm coaching people and training people, I can give five people the same exercise and all of them will do it differently. And I will learn so much about those five people based on how they completed the exercise, how deep did they go in the depth of the workout, the quality of the rep, did they finish it, right? Um, it shows you a lot. And so if you pay attention, you learn a lot about yourself and that stuff translates into everything else that you're doing in your life. That's why I love training so much, right? That helps you in the boardroom, wherever you're at. Yeah, I think that's that's an amazing. I've never heard you say that before, actually, and I think it. Um, I think that's really inspiring. Where it's not just, hey, uh, you lifted that weight up and down uh, so many times, right? Yeah, People kind of think there's like a meathead approach to it. Um, to be able to look at five different people doing the same exercise and watching how they do it, right? It's like looking at a language almost, right? You're really getting in there. It's a, uh, it's 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 a it, that's that's a very personal process. Um, yep. And uh, I think that's what you know anybody that <laughs> wants to work with someone would hope that they're getting they don't even know it i think i would say that right no a lot of people don't i yeah. mean yeah there's there's more to this than than just uh you know lifting a heavy weight i mean yeah yeah there's there can be a lot so um so your your philosophy i think kind of taking this whole body this whole life approach almost right yeah um is. i think it's incredibly inspiring if you were to uh ask someone to maybe like look a little more into it read a little bit more about it um, like where would you push someone, maybe a podcast, a book, something like that? Like where, where does Joe's mind go when oh, he wants baby. to get a little bit more, uh, of this kind of information? Yo, we talk about self-development stuff right now. Yeah, I think so. Cause that's a big part of you. It is. Yeah. I did a lot of reading like in my mid twenties, uh, that uncovered a lot of different things. There's a few books that I would recommend if you're starting out. Um, I don't, yeah. So the compound effect by Darren Hardy is a, is a great starting point, I think. Um, Tony Robbins does have some great, some great books as well. Um, that I love, I think like awaken the giant within, I think is one, um, and unleash the power. So he, he had some great ones. Um, now I love to read stoicism. So Marcus Aurelius emperor's handbook is one of my absolute favorites. Um, Alan Watts is a great philosopher. 
um, from the 50s that I love to listen to. He has a very elegant way with words that helps you, I think, see life in a very different way. I think his, I think his philosophy is quite mind blowing, to be honest. He has a very worldly view, um, re- referencing like Buddhism and the Tao and Zen, um, and, and comparing it to the culture that we live in here in the Western world. So, um, those types of things are, yeah, fascinating to me. I, I, the, I think the reading side is huge for some people. Maybe they don't want to, but they don't understand kind of where they can go for some of this information, um, you know, in terms of how to maybe think differently, approach things differently. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's just very uh, inspiring. Let me let me say this about books and things like that, because I, when I get asked often, like, what's the book that I should read or or something like that? Here's here's what I've learned. It, you it's not one book. It's not one, just like it's not one plan. It's not one place, right? It's never one thing. It's about connecting the dots to understand a certain trend, right? There are commonalities. If you read 300 self-development books, right? Or philosophy, you start to see common trends across them all. So what you see in the compound effect with Darren Hardy, you'll find references in Marcus Aurelius Emperor's Handbook. You start to see these ties where, these people aren't developing these new ideas. It's not like someone, you know, they're all brilliant people, right? But it's not like Darren Hardy is the first one to have these ideas. It's not like Tony Robbins is the first one to preach what he's preaching, right? Uh, nor is Marcus Aurelius. There are just, there are people that across the ages, they're saying similar things. So I recommend reading as as much as you can so that you can start to analyze what these guiding principles are across the board so that you can start crafting your own. Does that make sense? It definitely does. I, you know, I think finding, uh, finding your way, crafting that path. Um, I think with you and your story, I think that there were a lot of positive, very mind, uh, I think defining moments for you. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there were some, uh, kind of paths that you went down that maybe weren't so correct. Right. Maybe some oh, things yeah. that you kind of learned. Uh, I don't know if we can say it's from failure or not. Right. Uh, I think people can kind of look at a coach like yourself and say, man, that guy has it together. He knows exactly what to have done. He did it. Uh, man, I don't have that, but they might not see the other side and be like, no, there's, there's, there's things that haven't worked for me. And that there, there are some, some places that I'm glad I got, I went down. Um, I, I learned from it. I would advise maybe someone else not to do it, but I think it's very, um, very eye opening for someone to do it. Yeah. I mean, one of the great things that I, I heard a quote was, uh, nobody else has it figured out either. Right. I don't care who you are, uh, where you're at in your career, a CEO of a company, they, if they're honest, <laughs> they will tell you that they don't know what they're doing, right? They've done things and they've taken action, but uh, you don't know what the future is going to hold ever. You can only look back and connect the dots. So uh, I, I still don't know. I, I have a better understanding of who I am, right? And, and maybe things that I've learned because I have some failures, if you will, under my belt, right? Um, and I think you develop confidence that way from going failure to failure, right? And, and just don't lose steam, right? There's a quote about that. Go from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm, right? Just keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I definitely have made some wrong choices. But looking back, that's the reason why I'm in the seat that I'm in now and so happy because I'm where I want to be. I feel like at this point in my life, I'm starting to get to a place where I'm really crafting consciously uh, the life that I want to create. Um, whereas before I felt like it was very unconscious. I feel like I wasn't making these decisions. Like I went into finance cause I was supposed to, uh, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know my interests. Um, and the best thing that you can do 
at a young age, I think, if I were to go back in time and talk to my younger self. I love that question. Yeah. yeah. Tell me me what that would be. Explore. Taste. Right? Um, you, You don't know what you want. I wouldn't settle into a job so quick. This is me talking to me at a younger age. This is this is advice to you. This right? is advice to me. Yeah. There's a million ways to live life, right? This is just my personal thoughts back to my younger self. I'd be like, go travel, go explore, go take every sense of curiosity that you have and explore it to the fullest. So I ended up having this healthcare career for 10 years, which was a blessing, right? It was a great career, met some great people, developed some great skills that are serving me well, well today. Um, I ended up leaving that job when my father and my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a catalyst for me. I had uh, these two great men in my life pass away uh, pretty close to each other. And that gave me a new lens of what am I waiting for? You have some things that you want to see. You're curious about some things that you want to accomplish. Why are you waiting? I wasn't scared anymore of not pursuing it. I was more scared of not going after it. Right. So um, I left and I started to travel and explore these interests. I didn't know if I loved fitness. I allowed myself to take it off the table. Like, is this something that you really want to pursue? Uh, I went to Cape Town, South Africa for, for modeling. And I was like, well, maybe this is a career that I want to take, right? Let's Mm -hmm. see what this does. I did it. I was immersed. Don't know if I loved it. Right. Thought I might. It turns out, okay, it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But maybe not a passion. Right. Yeah. Same with acting, took acting classes, was interested, got some great lessons from it, but the fire kind of died out. Maybe that's not the route. Did improv comedy mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah. I took classes there. Same thing. Allow yourself to taste, right? Did it, um, immerse myself, gave my, you know, my best effort with it, learned some things, uh, you know, fire died out a little bit there, but s- still there's purpose because I'm learning different skills within all these different things that I'm tasting. Yeah. Um, and doing that refines what you want to do by learning what you don't want to do. So then you get to a place when you recognize a position, like for me, fitness and being a coach that when you see it and you sit in it, you're like, Oh, this feels really good. Right. Cause you have something to compare it to now. Right. Um, whereas before with finance, I didn't have anything to compare it to. I was just like in the seat and I was like, Oh, maybe this is good. Sure. You don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say is, is completely fail. Uh, you need a good relationship with failure. We all do. Uh, in training, you're supposed to hit failure. Yeah, and I think that with and this, this is all part of you. And I think my initial question was, did you go down any wrong roads? And I think you initially said yes. But what it kind of sounds like is the fact that none of those were wrong roads. And I don't want to sound too philosophical here, but um, I think I think what you really need to understand is that they weren't a wrong road. They were all roads that you just had to rule out, and without trying to without without experiencing them in some way, you would still be forever searching, right? In a way yeah. There. So um, it, it sounds like that was a really great way. I think that you are someone who takes really good advantage of a situation um and uh i think that sounds like what that's what you were able to do right i appreciate uh, that yeah yeah i i don't yeah i definitely don't believe in a wrong road I, th- I i think you need to listen to your intuition that's something that i certainly learned um uh a lot when i was in cape town was self-awareness right? it, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was trusting your gut so to speak but what does that mean uh, it means can you get in touch with yourself and truly listen to what aligns with you right what's supposed to be there with you and the psychological side of this is, and this is why i listen to a lot of philosophy is can you let go of attachment to things right and this is what was holding me back for a long time i had attachment to 
a career because that career was defining me as a person, uh, maybe a relationship, right, that I was in, um, a car, a salary. You have these attachments to things that hold you up. Uh, and, and what I started to learn was, you know, let these things go like you, you as an individual are the power, right? These things don't lift you up. You, you bring life to them. Uh, if you're flipping it on its head, once I did that, you start to realize like there's no really wrong road. Maybe life is guiding you certain, certain path to experience things so that, you know, you can live in your gift, whatever that is, whenever you get in it, and then you can really act out. Um, more powerfully in that spot. So I, where I'm at now as a coach, I'm like, I don't think that I would be as good of a coach or have as much passion and drive as I have in it now if I didn't go through all these things that I had early in my life. Yeah, I think that you would still be looking in those directions, maybe for looking sure. for an answer or looking for passion maybe at that point, but you kind of learn that that passion comes through you. And that I think is what people get from you when they work with you, uh, just from what I hear. Um, from that, someone that maybe is here on the turf uh, at Tone House after one of your classes or if you're working with someone one-on-one. So I think it's a pretty amazing thing. Joe, if someone wants to learn more about you, they want to understand what it is that Joe can provide to them, how to how to just read more about him, how to understand who this guy is outside of this podcast, what can we tell people? Well, uh, they can certainly come take a class at Tone House with me. I'd love to have a chat after class. Um, but you could also find me on Instagram at Joe Redonis. Um, I do have a website as well, uh, www.joeredonis.com. Um, I did do a blog actually when I was in a lot of writing in, in South Africa. I had more time than to, to just kind of write and put pen to paper. Nice. Um, was it just fitness or was this other, other uh, more philosophical kind of things? Fit, and fitness related, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I allowed myself to get a little bit more uh, just about life in general. Kind yeah. of the things I was experiencing there at that time. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Check him out on Instagram. Joe really puts out some amazing stuff, not only informational, but incredibly uh, funny as well. Um, <laughs> Joe has a great sense of humor. Um, and uh, I'm mad. I'm really sad. I missed some of your uh, some of your stand up. That would have been great to see, man. Uh, you got you to you set something up here for us. Well, there's always the Dirt Devil commercials. You guys can always look those up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, amazing. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much, Joe, for providing some information more, uh, more on yourself. Um, it was incredible. Incredibly enjoyable to listen to uh, to that and be part of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, until next time, anything else you want to share? Oh, well, I think that's it. I just, um, you know, appreciate you guys listening and uh, looking forward to our next episode, sir. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right. All right. Take care.